Alrighty. I have returned. Ladies and gentlemen. Will you give us your full attention as I bring you another mega small tiny squeezed in between a real episode Epizamazode. Well, I'm back. It is uh, again. Well, I was going to say it was my day off, but uh, actually, um, I haven't had. I haven't taken any days off in a while since my uh, giant back out thing, where I uh, could not walk for about four days. But uh, that doesn't count because it sucks. So anyway has some leave to burn, and uh, I was just contemplating last week, because we have some people that are going to be taken off for vacation, and one of my cohorts uh, is going to become a grandfather, so he has to, he's going to Florida for like almost a month to help out with the, uh, well, we thought he was going to help out with the uh, new baby, but then he told me he's taking all this beach stuff, and beach chairs and everything, and he's his wife is going to help with a baby, but he's going to lay on the beach. Can you dig it? I'm having a French vanilla um, coffee. And it's, it's a, a weird thing because, like, um, I may be one of the only people that does this. Meh. Hang on. Goop. There's some um, crumbs of sweet potato with sea salt chips that I was munching on. Um... But I, I I will make a whole pot of coffee, and of course, you know, maybe only drink like one mug. But then I'll put the I'll put the pot in the refrigerator, and then I just get it out and put it put it in the mug and put it in the microwave. And, and you know, some people like if it's not fresh brewed coffee, they they like gag or they think it's gross and yada yada. But uh, it doesn't bother me a bit, and it doesn't taste you know any really different. We get this coffee at work and it is, it sucks. It's better when if you just make it they have one of those bun automatic coffee makers and you, you get the little pack, little pouch um, but when you first make it, it's had this um, what's that fucking Dunkin Donuts place I bought, I bought some of their coffee at Walmart and it was like some kind of flavored blueberry or something. I can't remember. Like It has a picture of a blueberry muffin on it. I can remember that. And then I had some some kind of a choco nuts coffee in a big can. And um, also I bought some Starbucks decaffeinated because I thought, you know, I like to taste I'm not really drinking it to stay awake because I'm usually like a manic uh, lunatic anyway. So I started drinking the decaf. Well, I kind of somehow uh, it it kind of got mixed up. I don't like taking the little spoon cup thing and putting trying to stick my my big hand into the to the Starbucks um, like a uh, foil sack or bag because then it's just a mess. So I poured in the choco nut choco nuts choco uh, sarisataka choco. 
Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition through the greatest earthquake ever known. High on the rapids, it crushed their tiny raft and tumbled them a thousand feet below. Anyway, I hated that Will Ferrell movie, but I used to watch Land of the Lost on Saturday morning all the time. And the dad disappeared. And they had to bring Uncle Jack. Uncle Jack was searching. And I believe that was Ron Harper from um, from uh, the Planet of the Apes TV show. He was searching for them. And he fucking, strangely enough, got into the same vortex going over that waterfall. And he found the two kids. Because if he wouldn't have, it would have probably been like... Um, Oh, was it Blue Lagoon? Blue Lagoon. <laughs> Blue Lagoon or Flowers in the Attic. Because the only people that these two nubile, or these two young nubile brother and sisters would have to take out their sexual urges on is each other or like Chaka or Ta or Sa, who were Chaka's mean um, brothers. Because, I mean, like a slee stack, that's not even in the same fucking, uh, you know what I'm saying? Not even in the same zone. Of course, that... That might feel kind of like a little... I don't know. Weird. I think having sex with a lizard, you know, that puts you in another... I'm as tolerant as anybody else as far as, you know, the choices that people make. But, uh, yeah, a slee stack, negatory. And that goes the same with a gorn. Um... Because even like the, the 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 chicks that Kirk shat, or even you know the new Kirk bang, they're still at least humanoid. Well, and I guess the slee stacks are humanoid lizards, but still lizards by any other name. You dig? Anyway, lizards have those tongues though, so I don't know. Um. Anyway, let's see here. What was I talking about before I went into the land of the lost fucking thing? I don't know. I have to. Maybe I'll go back and listen, and then I'll know. But I think we lost that train of thought. But it's, it had to do with the choco nuts and the coffee and all that. So, um, but th- that coffee at work tastes like shit. And then when you first make it, and it's supposed to smell so good and taste so good because it's fresh and it's hot, it tastes like shit. It's it's like I don't know, I don't even want to say it's. I guess maybe bitter. But once you let it sit in the pot and let it sit on the heater for, say, like an hour, then it tastes pretty good. But right at first, it's gross. I might have to start taking my own. We have one of those, um, oh, I would slaughter what it's called. It's the the little coffee thing that Will always likes. It has the little cups. Uh, I always want to say Kurgan, but that's the guy that fucking, uh, you know, banged candy in the ho- in the sleazy hotel room and then tried to cut off Connor McLeod's head. And he put a booger in Sean Penn's beans in Kitty Prison. So anyway, I have... Uh, that's my new thing now. Every, every segue goes with... So anyway... <laughs> There's not too much going on. Like I said, I took the night off. I don't know why. I probably should have went to work, but I just didn't... I don't know, after the weekend, I stayed up... um, Was it Saturday? No, it was Friday. My nephew was in town. He's playing baseball. And um, 
he was in town and we went out to eat and then we went uh we came back and watched lucha underground we watched about five episodes of lucha underground which i haven't seen in a while um and it's, it's entertaining i i like it i i need to i need to stick with it i was still in the first season but then i just started it's like just like any other series like american gods like uh black sails the last season of black sails or preacher um just keeping up with it it's not that they're not good uh it's just that i lose track of it and go off on something else and especially with the new um netflix free downloads for your ipad i've been watching some movies and documentaries which we will be discussing shortly and i thought we were having a tornado while we were watching lucha underground which was wild it was the wind was swirling and it was pouring down the rain but the wind but the rain was like you would look and it was going sideways and spinning around and the 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 bushes and trees were almost bending in half touching the ground all kinds of tree branches and trees down and uh all over the roads and the the work crews were out the next day i don't know if we actually had a tornado but we had some really really freaky swirling uh uh just awful wind and then when it stopped, the sun, the, the, the black clouds kind of went away, and the sun came out, and I thought, well, it's cleared up and everything. And I walked outside, and it was pouring down the rain, but the rain was just coming straight down, and you, it was almost like an optical illusion. You couldn't really tell that it was raining unless you looked, because it was, it was just, kind of, I don't know. Uh, it's this global warming thing, I'm telling you. If you read um, The Massive, um, you will understand what's going on because I have been reading that um, series of graphic novels and it's really fucking good and it I, I think it has it, it speaks a lot about uh, what we're headed for daddy-o and I'm not going to say I'm just going to take a drink of my uh, tea and I'm going to move on I'm going to start talking about some movies uh, let's see here what do we got? We got a, we have an eclectic uh, bunch of fucking movies, and and for the mo- most part, these are going to be all like those Netflix movies because I just loaded them up and started watching them. Some of Netflix movies, okay, uh, like the uh, the siege at uh, Joe Dotville was is a net made for Netflix movie, and I think I talked about it last week on the show. But uh, that is like a 10, and a lot of these are like a 2. <laughs> I mean, some of them are not very good. I'm learning that. But because they're free, I'm, I'm watching a lot of stuff that I probably wouldn't even give a look to. But, um, you know, I figure, well, what the fuck? I'll save some money on my bill from iTunes, um, which I need to look at some of that stuff because there's a few things on there that I want to watch. I know I want to watch Ghost in the Shell again, and... Um, Oh, I watched Logan, but I've I've already seen both of those. There were a couple things that I have not seen that are on Netflix right now. That I oh, um, Train Spotting too. I almost pulled the uh, the trigger on that um, last night, but I must have typed my password in wrong, and then it kind of thought and thought and thought, and it said something about putting it in again. I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll fucking just wait because uh, it'll probably be on friggin' Netflix. Freaking. Uh, my cousin said friggin' the other day about, um, what was she talking about? She said something about friggin'. It was funny. 
Well, let's see here. The first thing I watched was not funny. It's a documentary on Netflix uh, Instant Watch uh, and also for free da- for you know free download. And the Cinemascus was asking me about how long you get to keep these downloads. And at first I thought, well, maybe you can keep them forever. You know, it seemed like I put them on my iPad and they'd just be on there. But after I started watching a couple of them, when I went back and looked at my downloads on my iPad. Uh, it said like I had 48 hours to to finish it, so I guess you watch them and then you have 48 hours and then they'll disappear from your once you start them they'll disappear from your your uh, device and then maybe you just you know they're still on there I think so you just download them again. I don't know how often they put new stuff on there. It seems like they'll put something new like just a couple new ones because I see the same stuff a lot but then I'll see where you know a couple new ones are thrown on there that are semi-interesting but this one like I said is not a funny movie it's a documentary called Monster the Joseph Fritzl story from 2010 and this is directed by David Notman what 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 and uh, it stars Daisy Beaumont. Uh, well, it doesn't star any of these people. I guess it does, but, I mean, these are real people, documentary. Um, I vaguely remember something about this asshole. And uh, let's just put it this way. He is what I would call kind of like the creep of all creeps, the scumbag of all scumbags. If you saw the... Um, movie room um he's sort of like that except worse because and i don't want to give anything away but this guy did the unthinkable and he did it for a long long time and like i said think about the 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 movie the room or i'm sorry it's just called room with brie larson if you've seen that and what this guy did was worse and that was in that movie was pretty bad and god that movie was disturbing especially at first you didn't know what was going on and brie larson oh i just love her (laughs) i loved her in short term 12 i think might have been the first thing i saw her in but when i saw her in that last king kong movie she went from being the cute um smart girl that you would like in school to being really hot (laughs) she was hot in in king kong King Kong. I can't remember what the... Kong? Was that Kong Skull Island? I just say King Kong. Who cares? Um, Anyway, that was a good one, too. That one's on uh, uh, iTunes for, I think, maybe just for purchase right now. Next thing I watched, um, I got into um, some YouTube free movies. Movies. Um, I watched night... (coughs) Excuse me, people. Have to have another drink. I, I mowed the lawn yesterday, and um, again, there's so much pollen out there that it literally almost chokes me when I'm mowing. I'll start coughing and just almost gagging, and then I'll take a couple of Benadryl because my eyes get itchy. But then it feels like it dries my chest out, and then I get this little cough. Either that, or I'm like Brian Piccolo. Let's hope not. I love Brian Piccolo. I watched 1993's Excessive Force. Can you tell I'm a little manic because I'm going off in different directions about stuff and then bringing it all back together? Yeah, because I can do that. Um, a group of Chicago cops are involved in a raid with uh, which $3 million disappears. 
The local mob go after them, and the body count starts to rise. Um, they have a synopsis. I, I usually don't do the syn- synopsis if I'm doing a solo show, so I don't know why I started reading that. Loaf might must be looking down on me and saying, Synopsis! Um, this was directed by John Hess and written by Thomas Ian Griffith. And it stars Thomas Ian Griffith, uh, James Earl Jones, Lance Henriksen, uh, Tony Todd, Burt Young. It's got a nice cast. What they were trying to do here, I remember when the trailers for this hit the TV when it was coming out in the theater. And um, what they were trying to do, I believe, well, I'm almost 100% sure, was to try and create a new um, Steven Seagal or Chuck Norris, Van Damme kind of a guy. Uh, probably more along the lines of Steven Seagal, even though he this guy does um, more karate, kirate, than... Uh, he doesn't do... Um, I think he might do a couple of lariats a la Stan Hansen uh, and Aikido. I don't know if Stan Hansen knows Aikido. I think he just doesn't wear his glasses and just crushes guys with his Borger Texas lariat to the goozle. But Thomas Ian Griffith, um, he's kind. he's got a look. He's got a certain amount of charm. Uh, not as much charisma as... Um, but I think that might have to do more with the material here um, because he's worked a lot. He's been in a lot of stuff, been around, and worked in a lot of TV, but also um, uh, other movies. Um, and at the same time, like I said, when they were doing this, they were looking for the next guy. And I remember that, uh, is it Scott Speakman? He was the guy with the real fast hands. I don't think he kicked that much, but he used the uh, like the two sticks, and he'd go, you know, real fast. <laughs> he was supposed to be real fast. But this guy, this is a 1993 movie, but it feels a lot like the 80s, including, I don't think they have a, um, a um, saxophone uh, type, uh, you know, uh, soundtrack uh, playing you know underneath of it but uh, definitely a lot of um, electric guitar and with the like the whammy bar and stuff like he would kick somebody and do something and be like wow that's my sustain uh, my sustain <laughs> say no to crack people um but ultimately, this is this is worth watching if you like that kind of movie. But um, it did not um, it did not go over very well. I think people found it to be kind of average. His martial arts he's really tall and lanky, and he'll throw like these um, these roundhouse kicks. But to me, I mean, my God, he could kick you if you were standing like six feet away because his, he's he's tall and he's got long legs. But but also, um, it makes like the fight scenes. He looks kind of slow to me. Um, even, there's one I, I remember in the trailer. One of his big moves I think that they were trying to sell was he does this big like um, what do you call it like a like almost like a hatchet kick where he brings his leg way up over his head and just comes down almost like a guillotine with his heel on somebody on the back of their neck or if they're on the ground like stomp their fucking face in 
<laughs> but it's it's all right. It like I said, the cast. It, it, it you definitely could tell they were trying to make something of this guy, or they wouldn't have surrounded him with such a a, a good cast for this kind of movie. It reminds me of like a. Um, Chuck Norris movie where you would have like Ron Silver or whoever else you know they would it wouldn't just be a a, a, a group of nobodies until you got into the Aaron Norris you know and some of some of just the stuntmen guys but this was all right um, there is a sequel called Excessive Force Two which um, is sort of sort of the same theme with a with a cop a martial artist who's a cop but in that one uh the the cop is a woman and i started watching it but i didn't get to finish it so i don't want to speak on that but both of these are on youtube for free so check them out check them out the next thing i watched silver and gold uh, the next thing I watched was 2015's The Stanford Prison Experiment. This was really, really good. It's directed by Kyle Patrick Alvarez, uh, written by Tim Talbot, and uh, based on the book by Philip Zimbardo. Uh, and it stars Ezra Miller, Ty Sheridan, and Billy Crudup. It's got a lot of people in it, a lot of faces that you may, may see. And, I, and I, I'm pretty sure... I think you'll see some of them in the future because they have a lot of young actors in here. Uh, If you're not familiar with the Stanford Prison Project, what it was was a psychological experiment where they posted an ad in the paper, uh, do you want to participate in a a, an experiment and you'll get paid like $15 a day or something like that. And um, the guys show that, you know, these guys show up, young uh, college students, um, Oh, it's just, it's just like sticking in my throat. I'm verklempt. Um, and they are divided up by the toss of a coin. Half are going to be prison guards. The other half are going to be inmates. And it's a really... I had heard about this even before I saw this movie. And then there is a movie with uh, Adrian Brody and Forrest Whitaker that's uh, a fictionalized version of the same thing uh same type of experiment but it's done uh with more with adults whereas this is this is really just based on the actual events and what happened um billy crudup actually plays um philip zimbardo um who uh, wrote the book um and this also has what's that little chickadee's name that i like What's her name? Where are you? Where is she? Olivia Thurlby, who was in Dread, who I love, and I wish they would have made another Dread, uh, because uh, Judge Anderson was awesome. I love her. She, and I haven't seen her. I, I, don't know, I can't remember if I've seen her in anything lately. It seems like I just recently saw her in something besides this. But she's just awesome. Um, this is really good. It's very disturbing. Um, what they found to happen. So, but this is a big recommend. This is also Netflix Instant Watch and free for download on Netflix. So check it out. And just one thing I wanted to say there, uh, Ty Sheridan, uh, I remember him from Mud, and then he's been in a couple things since then. Um, most of, well, I shouldn't say that the, most of the time with the inmates and the guards, um, 
There are some that stand out. Ty Sheridan, I think, is going to be... Uh, he's got good looks. He's really young. And uh, I think he's going to be a good actor. Um, but in this um, scenario, he it's kind of... Uh, he has one scene that's his scene. But for the most part, like the other guys, he's just kind of in the group. Which, they're kind of understated. Um... Well, and, and in the experiment, the, they try and, just like in prison or in the army or military, they try and take away your individuality, so maybe it's good that it does work that way. The, the standout is uh, for me is uh, Billy Crudup, and just lately, I remember him from Almost Famous, the lead, or the lead guitar player, I almost said lead singer, but that was Jason Lee, the lead guitar player of Stillwater in Almost Famous, and I loved him in... Um, the movie about the priests and the pedophile priest and it was called Spotlight. I loved him in that. I, I just I think he's really good. He's he he's up there with like Ruffalo now for the guy that is just solid and good in just about everything. Even though uh, a lot of the ladies on I well, women, ladies, I don't want to insult anybody. <clears throat> I don't know if I'm politically correct because I'm old. I think I try to be, but you know, them dames um, don't like him because he screwed somebody or somebody, I don't know what happened, but it was something that he did. Something that he crossed the line when it came to doing something. I can't remember what it was. I know that Bale, I think Christian Bale, didn't he like yell at his mother and sister or something and Fassbender smacked some supposedly maybe had some domestic violence, and then Billy Crudup, maybe he had like a girlfriend that was pregnant and he screwed around on her, something like that. You know, just a just a dick move, but you know, eh. whatever. Um, next thing I watched was 2014's The Expendables 3, uh, directed by Patrick Hughes, uh, which I imagine it's more directed by Sylvester Stallone. I, I have a feeling he's one of these guys that they hire a director, and then he tells the guy everything to do, and, you know. Screenplay by Sylvester Stallone, so he is to blame, ultimately. They have a thing here that says, uh, also screenplay, Crichton Rothenberger, but I think that sounds like a name that Stallone made up, so that if it turned out that this was a pile of poo, he, it would be, you know, he could say, well, it was that Crichton Rothenberger, but if it turned out well, he could say later that that that's his yuppie um, uh, artistic side, like Garth Brooks when he became Chris Gaines, which was fucking stupid. And I hate Garth Brooks, so fuck him. Uh, talk about somebody who was a dick with with uh, his wife. Uh, anyway, let's not go into that because this isn't the Gentleman's Guide to Music or Silva and Gaines. Okay, this stars, you know, the cast. Well, there's a lot of them in this one. There's too many. This is just one of those ones where 
it's like okay everybody starts talking and the next expendables is jackie chan going to be in it is is carl weathers going to be in it is is uh fassbender going to be in it is uh you know tone loke going to be in it and they add more people and they have a shitload of people to start with you got stallone you got statham they add harrison ford who is so old in this and it's like you know stay away from my family stay away from my family uh, he sort of tries to play Jack Ryan, I think, sort of, kind of. He's old, uh, <laughs> as is Stallone. He's old. His hair is fucking black. At least Harrison Ford's hair is gray, and he's old. Arnold Schwarzenegger's hair is chestnut brown with not one fucking gray hair. Um, Mel Gibson is good in this, and I wish, I've said this before because I know I have talked about this movie before, I wish Harrison Ford would have killed, like, half of the, like, all the young Expendables. I wish he would have murdered them. I wish, let's see who else I wish he would have killed. I wish he would have, like, kind of like, you know, I hate to sound like a dick, but Ronda Rousey's in this. I wanted to see this be an R-rated movie and have her be, like, Hanny Calder, like uh, Raquel Welch, where maybe, well, okay, like, I would, was going to say her, uh, uh, Mel Gibson's men rape Ronda Rousey, and then later on she comes back for revenge. But, but not only that, but uh, uh, Mel Gibson would have to be, you know, he would be uh, uh, like a vile scumbag rapist. Like maybe he would like bite, like uh, I'm trying to think what he would do, something really bad. But then she would come back or something. But, like, uh, okay, this Kellen Lutz, kill him. Mel Gibson should have blew his brains out with a 44 Magnum. Um, Victor Ortiz, nobody, I don't even think anybody cared about him, but Mel Gibson should have, like, uh, garroted him with a piece of piano wire. Okay, let's switch it up so I don't sound sexist. Instead of Ronda Rousey getting raped, let's have Victor Ortiz get raped. Okay, no, no, no. Mel Gibson's men rape Ronda Rousey. But she crawls away and escapes to come back as like Haney Calder, Raquel Welch, and to decimate, you know, to just destroy. Um, Mel Gibson rapes Victor Ortiz. And you, it, it's really like, I mean, just something really vile. Antonio Banderas would survive because he was one of the best parts. And so would Wesley Snipes, but only if he kept his scraggly, bushy beard and bushy afro. Uh, when they shaved his hair and his beard off in this, he started looking like Tu Wong Fu. And I swear to God, when I was watching, I was like, what the fuck? Uh, Dolph would live, Randy Couture would die, Terry Crews would die, Kelsey Grammer would die, Mel, uh, Harrison Ford would die, Arnold Schwarzenegger would die, um, Barney would have to die, Statham would die, Yes, Statham would die too. So then you have Ronda Rousey, you have Antonio Banderas, and Antonio Banderas wouldn't be as funny. He he should have been uh, El Mariachi, and they should they might not ever have to say it, but that's that's how he would be. Not be funny, but be really super cool and just ooze that Latino heat and that sensuality, and then come back later. Bruce Willis would show up. And he would kill everybody else. 
Like he'd be the CIA guy that would just kill every like everybody else. Um, I don't know if Arnold would live, maybe. But 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 Mel Gibson, Mel Gibson would kill like them all and everything, and then he and Bruce Willis would end up being working together. They would be like these CIA scumbags, an arms dealer scumbag, ex special forces guy, and Bruce Willis who was the CIA guy, and they would be they would they would end up being they were working together and Dolph and Ronda Rousey Bushy Hair Wesley Snipes and Cool El Mariachi Antonio Banderas that would be the next thing. I'm spending way too much time on this. Let's move on to the next one. Next thing I watched was one, a, a favorite of mine, 2012's Deadfall. Talked about it before. This was directed by Stefan Stefan Rosowitzki, written by Zach Dean, and it stars Eric Bana, Olivia Wilde, Charlie Hunnam, Chris Christopherson, uh, Treat Williams, and Sissy Spacek. I like this movie. I know some people watched it and said they didn't like it. Kate Mara's in this too, but and she's good, but she looks like a little elf. There was a time when I thought she was really kind of sexy because she would be like in some movie and uh, what was the one shooter or something like that at the beginning with with the Wahlberg, and um, you know she comes walking in with like a wife beater on and no bra and everybody's like woohoo. But then you start looking at her, she's kind of like a little elf, a little cute little elf. Uh, her face is very <coughs> elfish. I love Treat Williams, um, Prince of the City. He was so good in that. Uh, and he's been good in other things, too, but he's been in some shitty movies. Um, Chris Christopherson was really good in this. You have some uh, parent um, angst with their kids, with Charlie Hunnam and Chris Christopherson, and then with Treat Williams and Kate Mara. You have a lot of family stuff going on here, because I forgot about Eric Bann and Olivia Wilde. Olivia Wilde is so good looking in this. I think that may be one of the reasons that I like it. Plus, you have a little Kate Parker thing going on there. Dig it. Um, I like that movie. I watched it again, as I just said. Watched a Netflix original uh, called uh, Win It All from 2017. Um, this was directed by Joe Swanberg, uh, and it was written by Jake Johnson and Joe Swanberg. Jake Johnson stars in this, and I like him. He was in a movie with Olivia Wilde, who I am in love with, uh, and it was called Drinking Buddies and uh, with Ron Livingston and that one little chick that's in everything. A uh, little redheaded, uh, not Amy Adams, but another one, the one that was in the movie with George Clooney, where they would go fire people. It ride airplanes a lot. She's a little cutie, but she's in too much, kind of like Amy Adams, and then that other chick. Uh, I can't remember her name either, so who gives a shit? They're in too much. Um, but Jake Johnson is a good. He is, um, he has the kind of, to me, almost like kind of like a Clooney like ability uh, in the, the, the movies I've seen him in. He's the guy that is, would be your best friend and and uh, is kind of a nice guy and a cool guy. This is a compulsive gambler movie. Uh, I thought it was going to be more of a comedy, and it's not. Um, And like I said about submarine movies in the last episode, you have certain things um, that go down in every submarine movie. Well, in every compulsive gambler movie, gambling addiction movie, you have a lot of the same themes and this does too 
it's not great it's um above above average but like i said with some of these made for netflix movies that i've seen uh of course like i said uh siege at joe.ville was a, a 10 and this one is um above average uh mid to high six meh, mid six six point five but some of them are really shitty so you know but uh it's worth checking out out you could do worse win it all next thing i watched on netflix free download instant watch was and the reason i watched this is because i saw this movie starred brad davis and I thought I, you know, Brad Davis didn't work that much as far as making movies. He started out like on uh, Ryan's Hope or General Hospital, some soap opera. And then, of course, you had um, his big things were um, Midnight Express, of course. He was in Chiefs, the uh, miniseries Chiefs um, that went through generations of this town. And there was a serial killer, you know. Uh, which was really good. That's a good one. It has Keith Carradine in it. It has Charlton Heston. I think Billy D. Williams. And Brad Davis is really good in it. He plays an asshole cop. Um, but I saw Brad Davis was in this, and I thought uns- it's called Unspeakable Acts from 1990. And I thought, you know, what is this? I, I-, I don't remember seeing Brad Davis in this, and, it- and it's 1990, and I'm trying to think when he passed away. I thought he died of HIV AIDS, but they said I, he had it. So I think uh, I read the other day that he actually committed suicide. So I think it was because he was, you know, he had that and he was in such bad shape. Uh, I really like him as an actor. His brother um, uh, was the uh, bad guy in 10 to Midnight with Charles Bronson that runs naked and stabs people. And his brother was also um, the um, leather uh, um, leather. Let me think. What you, I, I wanted to say, tranny, but I don't know if it's a tranny. I think it was more a um, a crossdresser or a transvestite uh, that wore all leather in the blonde wig. And uh, he's one of the ones that they had the cops put in the police car and made him give him head. But then he shows up and is talking to Paul Sorvino and has like black leather pants, uh, skin tight leather pants and um, uh, like women's black stilettos. And he puts his foot up on uh, Paul Sorvino's desk and he's like, Hey man, you, he made me suck his cock. And then Paul Sorvino's like, get your foot off my desk. <laughs> but anyway, um, that was Gene Davis. That's Brad Davis's brother. Um, this is I found out was a made-for-TV movie, um, and it is about um, this child care. Well, it's not a, really a child care center, I guess, sort of. That this couple runs, and then they find out um, that uh, kids are being molested. They're little kids, and it deals with um, you know the parents, and it deals with um, uh, Brad Davis and Jill Clayburg play. Um, two psychiatrists that specialize in this and specialize in like talking to and are being able to talk to the kids and uh, getting them to tell the truth. Now, um, when I was reading the reviews of this, you know, some some guy put on there this whole movie is bullshit. It's based on junk science. And I remember from uh, one podcast that I I used to listen to. They don't put them out anymore but they were really good 
Um, what was that called? I can't remember the name off the top of my head. But um, they were talking about um, when people did that repressed memory thing for a while. These shrinks and some of these counselors would say they could hypnotize somebody into uh, remembering past lives or remembering um, um, memories that had been suppressed. And then after a while and after a lot of people went to prison, it happened in the satanic satanic scare uh, and also they had one, uh, a thing that I was reading about after I watched this, which was the um, like it was a child care pedophile scare uh, uh, like where all these things were coming out about these these child care places and babysitters and stuff like that that were running supposedly would take these kids and put them on a plane and go to another country and rape them and have these um, satanic rituals with animals and everything and then they then they'd bring them back before their parents knew and and the kids suppressed the memories or they had the the thing in a in a church somewhere or whatever and then they came to find out that a lot of this stuff was <clears throat> when they were um um, supposedly putting these people under hypnotic suggestion. Well, yeah, you're you're in a very suggestive state, and uh, they started bringing this stuff out, which I think was proven that a lot of it was not true and was bullshit. And not only that, but then they're talking to these little kids who have this imagination, and if you feed them certain things, they just go with it. So they put people in prison for being Satanist and killing kids and eating babies and raping children and yada, yada, yada. So this is sort of... This is a tough watch because on the face value, anything, you know, like little kids being molested... It's. I was watching it. It's. It's pretty. You know. You're just sitting there like, oh my god. Um, hopefully, if the people that do do that get thrown in fucking jail forever, uh, and the people that uh, were wrongly accused get some justice, and uh, it's. It's all right. It's like I said. It's a made-for-TV movie. So you know. You. You kind of. Once you know that, you. You. You kind of can tell. You know. Uh, let's see. The next thing I watched was 2013 Star Trek Into Darkness. Just watched some of this. Uh, my uh, friend Greg was watching it. J.J. Abrams. Abrams. Uh, uh, this was uh, written by Robert Orsi. And uh, stars Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, Zoe Zaldana. It also has Carl Urban as Bones. Boons. Um, Simon Pegg as Scotty. Mr. Scott. Uh, John Cho as Sulu, Benedict Cumberbatch as some guy, Anton Yelchin, who, you know, now it's like, oh God, you know, uh, we were just talking about when we were watching it, what they're going to do in the next one, as far as uh, Mr. Chikov is concerned, but we will just have to see, uh, I like this one a lot, um, I like Cumberbatch's character, whoever he is, and, uh, his battle with Spock. Kirk is awesome, as always, and right now, it's time for a brief interlude. Oh, people, what is it about Sylvan Gold that just makes the gastrointestinal track um, bubble, bubble, toil, and trouble? Uh, it also might have something to do with eating uh, massive amounts of baby spinach for every freaking meal. Um, 
as of I think probably today I'm going back on the low carb thing uh, I have not been watching and I've had some honey uh, like glazed honey buns and uh, what else have I had here recently that I should not be eating um, some cookies maybe not a ton of stuff but uh, yeah I have not been watching and, and um, uh, like had some rice and uh, and some stuff like that so I'm gonna I'm, uh, and, and the baby spinach is has very low carbs so I mean like you know a cup of it's only like one or two one or two carbs that I have one of these automatic um, air freshener things hanging on the wall. It's got a battery in it. You put one of those uh, Glade things in it, and every like two minutes or something, it it goes and it just scared the shit out of me. Like I thought there was somebody behind me. So anyway, um, Star Trek Into the Darkness. I've talked about this before. Some people don't like it. Uh, you know, I know like oh look at fucking lens flare. Blah 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 blah. Valerian is coming out July twenty first, and I want to see, I want to see that. Um, I did not know Clive Owen was in it. Uh, I rem- I think I remember seeing that Rihanna is is in it. You know, uh, in some part, probably. I'm thinking it's going to be like in um, Fifth Element, the uh, singer in the Fifth Element, which I thought was just so awesome. Um, but um, the the guy and the girl in this, <laughs> this uh, enchantress and the other and the dude. I heard somebody else say this, and I feel the same way now. I don't know because I don't know the story. I don't know if they're supposed to be a couple, just partners or brother and sister. But in real life, they look like if, if they end up being like lovers, it's going to be weird because they look like brother and sister. They look like fucking twins. Anyway. <laughs> What did I just do? What did I do? What did I do? I clicked on something and something happened. Okay. Next thing I watched was one of those uh, Netflix uh, originals that suck ass. And it's amazing. I cannot believe that this... Okay, I remember when I saw the two actors on a date... On a, on a late night talk show or a daytime talk show. Uh, maybe both. And I thought, oh, this is going to be good because I like them. Uh, and oh, and then I never heard anything else about this, and now I know why. It is fucking awful. It's 2016's Special Correspondence, and it stars. It's written and directed by Ricky Gervais, and it stars Ricky Gervais, Eric Bana, and uh, Vera Farminga. This is fucking horrible, Daddy O. Um, it's it's just fucking awful. I mean, it it's a comedy. And Ricky Gervais wrote it and directed it, and it's all on him because it did not hit on one fucking note. It was not funny. It was trying to be funny, and it was awful. It's it's a piece of shit. Watch it. I want to hear what Justin, the cinemasochist, has to say because he likes movies that are shitty. Um, but I, honest to God, the only reason, well, you know, I don't know. Maybe some of you will watch it and think and like it. Uh, it's a piece of shit. It's it's just not good. It is not good. That's all I can say. I mean, you know, it, it's bad. Uh, next thing I watched from 2015, I watched uh, Survivor, uh, which was directed by James McTeague. James McTeague and uh, Phil Shelby uh, stars. It says it stars Patty Wallace, Parker uh, Sawyer's. Bash, Bashar Rahal, but this movie stars uh, Mila Jovovich and 
Pierce Brosnan and these other people. I, I have no idea. And well, Dylan McDermott too, and Robert Forster with those horrible, horrible hair plugs. And I looked up something about that because uh, I talked about that in the last episode. They said I, I just did a Google search for bad hair transplants or uh, something like that, and what they were saying was he opted for coverage instead of density. So I guess he must have been like lost a lot of hair like completely, and so he only had maybe one procedure or two or something, and and just had him put it all over instead of you know making it thick in a certain I don't, I don't know what to, how to say it but this is a, just a really average movie uh, Pierce Brosnan seems to want to have the biggest guns that he could possibly have he carries a pistol f- you know for kind of like incognito but then he has a silencer on the end of it that is as long as my fucking arm then he has a sniper rifle that the, the okay the it has a barrel on it that has to be at least six feet long, and that's not. And, and that's like okay, it it all comes apart and it fits in a briefcase and everything. But when he takes this goddamn barrel out, it's like as tall as he is. And I know it, it, he's supposed to be shooting, so because he's shooting at this thing, which is going to explode, and the 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 explosion is so massive, and they explain why it's so far away too. You know, to to beat the. Um, the dete- bomb detection and stuff like that, but uh, Mila, I, I used to. I mean, I, I, ugh, I, she was my my gal. I mean, I really liked her a lot. Um, and you know, this movie just isn't that good. I kind of I gave up on those uh, on the Resident Evil movies, you know, because I just didn't think they were that good anymore. And I liked um, Perfect Getaway. This one, it's just not a great movie. The story's just kind of like you know. Eh, um, she's not bad. I mean, she. There was somebody that I saw. Who did I see the other day? That was looking and talking, and I and I swear to God. Oh, it was a. I watched a on YouTube. Do a search for David Bowie. Uh, interview. Uh, coked up. Interview. Like he's. I think on the Dick Cavett show, but he is on like probably blitzed on cocaine and if they ever needed somebody to play him when he was real super skinny and um like that uh, you know how they i think tilda swinton played bob dylan at one time mila jovovich could play david bowie they have the same fucking mouth they have the same eyebrows dig it i like pierce brosnan he just did not he was an asshole in this but they didn't give him much to do other than be a menacing kind of Terminator. I just didn't. It wasn't very good. It was average, about a five, five point five, a little better than average, but not much. Five point two five. Take a little off there. Um, next thing I watched was a documentary. Netflix. Uh, uh, that was on Netflix. Uh, uh, instant and also for download. And so is this. 2014's documentary Last Days in Vietnam. This is a big recommend from me because it um, is very educational about what was going on at that at that time in Vietnam in Hanoi or yeah uh, Saigon. I'm sorry, Hanoi was uh, the north. They weren't there. Um, it's directed by Rory Kennedy, written by Mark Bailey and Kevin McAllister. 
Gillen McGillister, and it stars <laughs> Tricky Dick, Richard Nixon. My God, I didn't know he acted, and Henry Kissinger too. Um, this is really good. Um, it, you just feel the des, the fucking desperation in this. There is so much good, good and great footage because you know in Saigon and in Vietnam at that time there were just tons of news and cameramen and everything. And we pulled out, except for our embassy and just, you know, a handful of guys. Uh, and as soon as I think they found out Nixon, they had a ceasefire. As soon as they found out that Nixon, um, they were impeaching Nixon, or they impeached Nixon. And then they wanted, to, they went before Congress to ask for money to prop up the South Vietnamese army, just, you know, weapons and ammo and tanks and stuff like that and air support. And after all this time in Vietnam and after all the soldiers getting killed, uh, Congress was like, no way. And as soon as the fucking um, North Vietnamese found out about that, they just fucking rolled. And these people are sitting in Saigon and in the southern part of Vietnam, and they know they're fucking coming. And they are coming like gangbusters, and and there's nothing going to fucking stop them. And they don't even have the ammo, the mortars, the fucking uh, anything to stop them. And there, you talk about like a, a zombie apocalypse kind of a thing or something that kind of fear. And these people are are fucking scared to death. Just, I mean, this place is a major city. It's full of civilians, and you know. It, it it just made your stomach churn because just thinking about what these people are thinking and feeling, knowing, and then the American embassy is the is the uh, the Alamo. I mean, it's the fucking this is it. And if you don't get out, if you don't get in there and get on a helicopter, or go and get on a ship or something and get the fuck out of there, you know, oh, it's like the four horsemen of the apocalypse are fucking coming. It's a very good documentary. Um, Next thing I watched was, uh, and and that documentary also it, it it makes you think too about uh, when we get involved in these other countries and then we're stuck because if we leave, you know, it's all just going to roll up and the people are going to get massacred and killed and stuff. So I mean that kind of shit's going on now and they're making those decisions and it's one of those catch twenty twos. Well, we're here now. Well, we broke it. Now it's ours. <laughs> I like when they say shit like that, knowing that they were going to go in there and break it so they could say, "Well, we broke it now. It's ours. <laughs> it's our responsibility." <laughs> um. Anyway, next thing I watched was two thousand seventeen's Akja. Um. This was directed by Jun Ho Bong, uh, uh, written by Jun Ho Bong, um, and or uh, as Bong Jun Ho, <laughs> Jean Ronson, uh, or John Ronson, and uh, stars Tilda Swinton, Paul Dano, So Hyun Ah, and uh, a lot of other people. Uh, it's a good movie. The and Jake Gyllenhaal also is in this. Um, He's a dick in this. <laughs> so is Tilda Swinton. Um, this is really good. It if you're an animal lover, it, you just this this one just get, will get your heart. It's it's a it's a feel good movie in a way, but it also speaks a lot about um, what we're doing in as, as a society uh, and 
it's what we're doing to nature and to animals and um it's it's there's a lot of really um fun and awesome stuff in this but there's also a lot of uh sadness and and you know it it'll it'll tear your jerker well that didn't come out right i recommend it <laughs> it's it's on uh i believe it is on netflix instant and available for download free download too that's a that's a good one check that one out if you get a chance um there's a a, a lot of it is in um another language korean uh but then there's a lot of it that is also in anglaise Next thing I watched was from 2016. It's called Suntan. And it's directed by... Oh my god. This Greek guy's name is going to crush my spirit. But I will try. Argyrus Papadimitropoulos. Papadimitropoulos. Argyrus Papadimitropoulos. That's not too hard. Once you get the opalus in there, they always have that at the end. And this stars uh, Makis Papadimitriou. I sound like I'm speaking Vietnamese. Marquis Papadimitriou. Ellie Trigal. Demi Hart. She at least has a, or he, she, I don't know. Um, let's see, is that is that a guy or a girl? Demi Hart. That's a guy. Okay. This is a good one. This is a recommend from Dr. Zome. It is also on Netflix. Instant watch for free and available for download for free. Um, good movie I'd never heard of. The gist of it. Let me read the synopsis. On a hedonistic Greek island, a middle-aged doctor becomes obsessed with a young tourist when she lets him tag along with her group of hard-partying friends. Uh, basically, this is the middle-aged schlub, lonely guy, and he becomes uh, the kind of little resort, the doctor for this resort. It's this little small beach resort where a lot of people come, and um, he's all by himself. He's new. He doesn't know anybody, and he go. He meets, I think, through through the. Um, through his little clinic, he meets this kind of group of young, crazy, fun teenagers, and they kind of say, you know, hey, you know, why don't you come? And, and and the girl that he actually has to uh, uh, take care of, she gets hurt or whatever. She says, you know, why don't you come? You know, to, oh hell, you know, just come come party with us and everything. Well, then he becomes part of that group, and it's it's really good. If you are middle aged, you'll you it. it it will work for you, but also if you're a younger person, there's a lot of nudity in this because, um, of course, on these beaches in Europe, some people go completely naked, some people go topless. There's a lot of cock, uh, there's a lot of uh, 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 bush and vag, a lot of standing on your head and spreading your legs and stuff like that. But I mean that once once you um, you know, you get into it. Just it's probably just like being there. It just becomes where it's like everybody's just doing it. Uh, this is really good. Check this one out, and if you get a chance to watch it, let me know what you think on the Silver and Gold Facebook group. The group. Next is 2016. This is another Netflix 
original. No, this isn't a Netflix original. This is just a movie. 2016's Officer Down. Officer Down. Officer Down. That's like, uh, honest to God, the the um, the theme of the movie. Officer Down. Officer Down. This is, movie is called Officer Down. Now, wouldn't it be weird if it was called something else? Um, this stars Kim Coates, who you will recognize from Sons of Anarchy and a bunch of other stuff, with his blue eyes. Um, who this is... <laughs> It's based on a graphic novel, and I'd never heard of Officer Down. Officer Down. Um, and I saw Kim Coates, and I've always kind of liked him. Uh, just he has this look, even though okay, he has a great look, but he kind he kind of has a nasally voice. So even though he really has a tough guy kind of look, his voice like if um I don't know Officer Down. Kim Coates was good in this, um, but the movie is oh, <sighs> I think it was directed by is Sean Crahan one of uh, the one of the people in Slipknot I believe I read <clears throat> Officer Down Officer Down. Okay, based on a graphic novel, police officer who can't be stopped by death returns to the streets time and time again to fight crime. This is like um, Maniac Cop, except he's on the side of good. He is a um, kind of a fascist war machine against the bad people. And um, he can be killed sort of like he can be stopped but then they go and scrape up his carcass and what's left of him put him in this thing and hit him with like a bazillion volts of something or some kind of drug or whatever and he's like he's sort of like a zombie cop i mean he's not rotten or anything and he doesn't go walk around he just when he comes back he's officer down officer down and um He's just kind of like a fascist, uh, wet dream kind of a guy that goes in. You know, he's got the got the aviator glasses and got this little pencil mustache and goes in and whoops some ass. He has some kind of a fucking gun that is like a. Um, I guess it must have two barrels because it has a big, giant banana clip, but then it's also a revolver, which doesn't make sense. Unless you say maybe it has two triggers, one for a bottom barrel that shoots the semi-auto, and for the top is the uh, revolver, which maybe shoots fucking, I don't know, different kinds of rounds like explosives or something. And then he's got one of those um, one of those battering ram things, like you see the cops, they'll... they'll They'll grab a hold of it and knock a door down, but he just it's just for him. And he, he like carries it around by the handle, and he... Like he punches people with it, which is kind of cool. So a lot of that stuff is kind of cool, but it's then it ends up it's stupid. It is kind of a um, hobo with a shotgun sort of uh, feel. And if you so so if you like um, uh, like a Kabuki cop or Kabuki Lieutenant Kabuki or fucking um, what the hell the radioactive what the hell's the guy? 
Avengers. <laughs> Toxic Avenger and that kind of stuff. You might like this. You can't take it seriously, and I watched it that way. It's still not really that good. It, uh, hmm, I'm trying to think. I have not watched... I have not watched Hobo with a Shotgun in a long time. And then comparing it to this, Officer Down. Officer Down. Um, I think maybe, I hate to say, I think maybe Hobo with a Shotgun might be better because this is bad. But I didn't like Hobo with a Shotgun either, except for the chick kind of looked like Tracy Lords, and I liked The Plague. Uh, Officer Down. And I was looking for the theme to Officer Down on um, um, YouTube, but they just have, I think there was a hip-hop, maybe a hip-hop group or something that had a song called Officer Down, but it wasn't about this guy whose name is Officer Down. It was about, like, cops getting killed. Like, But this guy's name is Officer Down. Officer Down. And when you, you can get on YouTube and find, like, them at the premiere of this, uh, like the uh, um, uh, fucking Kim Coates and and the stars and the director and everything, and then it makes you wonder, like when they when somebody makes like a, re- it's like when Artie Lang made Beer League and on Stern they say, oh we're going to the premiere and everything, and then the movie's a fucking piece of shit, and they're out there like they're like, hey man, I made uh you know uh, fucking the next Terminator or something or the next Dread or whatever, and the movie just is like awful, officer down. But anyway, watch it. This is another one. Watch it and and just kind of let us know on the group what you think because I I hate to say it really sucks, but it sucked. Officer Down. Next thing I watched did not suck. It was very good. Officer Down is on Netflix Instant. This is 2015's Experimenter. I believe I may have rented this on iTunes. I think it was in one of those Discover uh, independent movies. Uh, Experimentor stars... Um, oh, I, I love at the top of IMDb, they put stars, and they have like three people in it that are not the stars, but are in it. It stars Peter Scar- Sarsgaard. I always want to say Scarsgaard. Peter Sarsgaard, who is so good in this. He is good in everything. I think he's good in everything. He's another one. He's like crude up, crud up, and, um, oh, what's his face? That was in Zodiac? Mark Ruffalo. But I shouldn't say Mark Ruffalo was good at everything, because he was in some Jennifer Garner movies and some rom-coms that El Suckoed. And, you know, but that doesn't mean anything. That's, that's a source. That's the material, I'm sure. This also has Anthony Edwards, who you knew as Dr. Green on ER. Jim Gaffigan, the comedian. Um, John Leguizamo pops up in this, and I almost wanted to say when I was when I was um, when he showed up, I was like, I just watched John Wick and John Wick Two, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, Leguizamo is in everything, but he's really he he just he has a small part in this, and he's very it's very good. Um, also, Anton Yelchin is in this, and that was another one where I was kind of like, oh. Every time I see him now in something, you know, it's just kind of like, oh. Especially if it's something I haven't seen yet. Uh, this is really, really good. It goes, uh, I, I even said on the group, it goes well as a um, 
uh, companion piece for the Stanford um, uh, prison experiment. Um, this is based on a true story. Uh, in 1961, famed uh, social psychologist Stanley Milgram conducted a series of radical behavior experiments that tested ordinary humans' willingness to obey authority. Um, this is just—it's uh, just so good, and it's a time capsule. Uh, I really, really enjoyed this. This one is probably my big, big, big recommend. Uh, Sarsgaard is just great in this. I want to watch it again. And I want to recommend it to you, my fans. <laughs> uh, another movie documentary that I watched was 2015's My Friend Rockefeller. This is a true story. Of course, it's a documentary. Um, this guy, Christian Gerhard Streiter. Gerhard Streiter. Um... He is the real Tom Ripley. That's all I can say. If you like the talented Mr. Ripley or Purple Noon or Ripley's Game, watch this documentary. This fucker was Tom Ripley. That's all I'm going to say about it. Check it out. It's on Netflix Instant. (laughs) And he's a fucking creep. Okay, I watched a movie called Lila and Eve from 2015, and this was directed by Charles Stone III, uh, written by Pat... God damn, my bifocals, what the fuck? Gilfillan. Gilfillan. Pat Gilfillan, and uh, it stars Viola Davis and Jennifer Lopez. And who is the dude in this? It's not Officer Down. Officer Down. I don't know any of these other names. Um, But I was surprised. And the only reason I gave this a look... Okay, it was like if you have a scale. um, The woman, the blind, deaf, and dumb... Or no, it's just blind. Justice is blind. They're not deaf and dumb. Um, I have on the one hand Jennifer Lopez, who, if it's not a U-turn, I fucking will probably see... cover art with Jennifer Lopez on it, and I will be like, I ain't watch that shit. But then on the other hand, and I'm holding up my left hand now, you have Viola Davis, who I love. I love Viola Davis. I love her in everything she's in. I love Viola Davis. I just think she is great. And so I thought, you know what? Okay. I'm going to watch this. Now, if you look at IMDb, it says stars Jennifer Lopez, Shay Winningham, and Viola Davis. Well, people, that's fucking bullshit. It stars Viola Davis. It co-stars Jennifer Lopez and Shay Wingham. Wigham. Um, not the greatest movie ever, but I was surprised because I re- I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, it's a tough. A little bit of tough subject matter, and it goes um, almost has like a death wish kind of a feel to it, a uh, Paul Kersey kind of a feel to it. But then it it has a different perspective. The synopsis is two distraught mothers whose children are gunned down in a drive-by team up to avenge their deaths after local authorities fail to take action, and. It's a little bit more than that. 
that at face value, you know, um, that Shea Wigham is the guy who played the preacher in True Detective, and he's been in a ton of shit. Uh, he's always he's he's another one. He's always really good, and he always kind of stands sideways. He's got a little bit of a gut, and he kind of even walks. He's he's on Fargo this season. He's a sheriff on Fargo, and it, he always has his head turned sideways. Got a little bit of a a, a punch. But he's like a, a real guy. He's like an everyman guy. He's like Chris Cooper. Um, but this one's pretty good. I liked it. I, and Viola Davis. I'm in love with Viola Davis. Me. Uh, and this may be the last thing. I'm not 100, 100%. So this isn't going to be a real long show. But again, I just wanted to kind of get something out. Because I took the night off and I'm bored. It, it, it hits me. I could go all morning. Because uh, I stay up all night. And then at like 4 o'clock in the morning, just like last time, I just think to myself, eh, maybe I'll go in and fucking record. I'm starting to get bored. So that's why you're getting another Ashler share. Uh, this is 1996's The Late Shift. Now, this is on YouTube for free. And the reason I watched it was I just recently watched um, some Howard Stern, Howard TV, and it was a uh, an interview with Andy Richter. And Stern hates... He fucking hates Jay Leno because he said Jay Leno, uh, a lot of the <clears throat> bits that Jay Leno stole that he used on his show, or uh, that he used on his show, he stole from the Stern show, like jaywalking, and there was other stuff. Plus, then he um, lured Stuttering John away from the Stern show, and they kept it all hush hush until it was like almost time for uh, for Stuttering John to leave, and then they made it, you know, of course they had to bust his balls about leaving and why he didn't tell them ahead of time and all this. Um, but they spoke a lot, they speak a lot, whether they have uh, Gallagher on there or whether they have uh, um, Andy Richter or they've had Conan, Conan on there before, and I think Letterman's been on there before. And they fucking hate Leno because they said Leno is a piece of shit. He acts like such a nice guy and everything on TV, but they said he is really a backstabbing piece of shit and that he's almost like sociopathic as what a lot of people say, you know, uh, a guy that wears the same, <laughs> Andy Richter said, he wears the same clothes every fucking day of the week and he makes millions of dollars and then gets on TV and says, I don't even spend, I don't even touch my salary, I don't even spend it. You know, and they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Are you a psychopath? So anyway, this is what this is, uh, this um, movie, The Late Shift. It was an HBO movie from 1996. And it's about when um, Johnny Carson was getting ready to, well, he wasn't getting ready to wrap it up. I don't think he was ready to quit. And they just, they did not want to lose Letterman or Leno. So I think they sort of pressured... Carson a little bit to step down and pass the torch, but they weren't sure who they were going to pass the torch to, and there was all this behind-the-scenes machinations going on and shit. Treat Williams is in this, who I talked about earlier, who he's really good in this. Uh, he plays Michael Ovitz. You'll, some of the names that you um, that you hear uh, people playing in this are like Brandon Tartikoff, and th- there's a lot of uh, the behind-the-scenes bigwigs at CBS and NBC that are portrayed in this by their actual names. And um, uh, uh, this guy, John Michael Higgins, plays uh, David Letterman, and Daniel Roebuck plays Jay Leno. And both of them are really good. At first, when I first uh, saw the... Uh, when, it, when it first comes on, it's kind of like you start watching it, and you're like, oh, okay, you know, okay, these guys. But then as you get into it very quickly, you just start, you know... 
these guys just kind of become those guys, and you just take it. That's who they are, and they do a good job. Kathy Bates is in this, and she plays Jay Leno's agent, and she's really good. Um, I have heard some things about that woman, and if she's anything like the the way that Kathy Bates portrays her, she was a fucking bitch. <laughs> she was a hard ass, I'll tell you that, Daddy O. I watched uh, Kick-Ass 2 again, and uh, I have to say that uh, it wasn't very good. I, I It had some good parts, but uh, I really loved Kick-Ass, uh, the original. I think that now that, what's her name, uh, is it Chloe uh, Grace Moretz? Kick-Ass 2, she is like in high school. And she's going through puberty and starting to have those urges and starts like kind of looking at kick ass in a different way and all that. And uh, I don't want to see that. (laughs) I like when she was like a little girl and she was fucking cussing and saying motherfucker and calling people cunts and punching them in the face and everything. Um, And Nicolas Cage was great in that. That was a good one. This one, it fell flat. They're never going to do another one. I, 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 I suspect, I suspect. Uh, next things that are coming up, I want to watch Valerian and uh, uh, definitely uh, the new Planet of the Apes movie, War of the Planet of the Apes. Um, I'm trying to think that prison movie, but I don't recall the name of it off the top of my head. Uh, that looked really good. That I said was kind of, I watched a bunch of Aryan Brotherhood. Uh, well, not a bunch, just a couple. Uh, there's some good documentaries about the Texas Aryan Brotherhood uh, um, in the prison system in Texas, and then about the uh, the just the all-encompassing Aryan Brotherhood in the prisons all over the United States. Watched a few documentaries on YouTube tonight or this morning. Um, uh, there were those uh, mob um, American mobster documentaries about Albert Anastasia. And uh, Mad Dog Sullivan. <laughs> He'd be a good one to make a movie about, for sure. Um, I'm trying to think who some of the other ones were. Um, I can't off the top of my head. And then I was just showing, or sent Dave Mack a uh, video I was watching about uh, these security um, guys. I guess they would be considered mercenaries. Uh, on these ships that uh, protect the ships from Somali pirates. I guess they decided they don't want to end up like uh, the character that Tom Hanks played in that movie, Captain whatever the fuck is. I want to say Captain Ron, but that was Kurt Russell. And can you imagine if Captain Ron would have been attacked by Somali pirates? Um, but anyway, uh, I guess a lot of, some of these countries and the U.S. Navy um, have decided, well, the U.S. Navy's always been, they would fight the pirates or kill them or whatever. But these ships uh, that are out there by themselves, and the, like I said, the one with uh, Tom Hanks, you know, didn't have any security on it. And uh, some of these ships have like <laughs> concertina wire all around the the um, the railing on 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 deck, and they have all kind of guys up there with guns. They have fucking these great big like mini guns and you know M16s and everything. And when these pirates start coming, these pirates are coming in like fucking you know, inflatable boats and they're coming to, to get these ships and they see them coming and they just sit there and wait and just blow the fuck out of them. Or I think sometimes they, they, as soon as they start shooting a lot, the Somali pirates just turn, turn around and try and take off. Well, then they chase them and the Somali pirates will 
will ditch all their weapons and try and make it back to Somalia, but they'll throw all their weapons overboard because uh, if they get caught, they want to have, say they have deniability. Oh, we were just coming to to uh, ask you for help for something, you know, so they won't get put in prison. Um, it's to see that, you know, supposedly the bad guys, you know, attacking these ships and looking at it like black sails or the old pirates and everything, you're like, yeah, you know, they kicked ass. But then when you when you take into account um, why there are a lot of pirates in Somalia, which is the commercial fishermen went over there and fished the waters to the point of, you know, the fish almost being extinct and these people depended on those fish for their survival. So now they're starving and, you know, that's why all these warlords and everything started taking over, which you saw in... Black Hawk Down or the porn parody Black Cock Down. Um, I was going to mention some porn stuff that I watched. I'm not going to go into that. I found a new new star that, uh, I don't know, she seems like she's up for for just about anything. And, uh, you know, from the the MILF genre, so, you know, now I'll sit there and I'll think, you know, oh, this, you know, this chick's probably she's like a milf because she's always like the, the, the mom that the that the younger guys, you know, want to go after. Her. And then if I, I guarantee you, if I look them up, they're probably like in their thirties. You know, <laughs> I mean, I guess that would be. I, I, I guess once you get to be like my age, you start getting into the gilf, you know, the gilf area because thirty, you know. <laughs> But anyway, let's not talk about porn. There was something. There was a porn. Oh, I found some. Uh, I, 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 I even posted this on the Gilbert Gottfried uh, podcast group that for some reason I was looking up Marie Osmond and um, the Osmonds, you know, like they had a variety show and they were Mormons. And it's like, I'm a little bit country and I'm a little bit rock and roll. And uh, Marie was always kind of cute. You know, they were Mormons and everything, but, you know, she she was cute. And I was just looking up Marie Osmond. I think I was looking up to see if I could find some pictures of her when she was young, if she had any, like, pictures that were kind of hot. And I was deluged. I put in, like, Marie Osmond sexy in a Google search, and I was deluged by fake porn pictures of Marie Osmond. Like, pictures of her where they would take her head and put it on like a porn chick's body or a nude person nude woman's body and um and then like fake porn um um pictures of her like where they would put her head on an actual porn star get having sex and i was kind of like in this day and age you know uh, uh you know i wouldn't think marie osmond would be like on the on the minds of of the masses but there's a shitload of Marie Osmond um, uh, fucking fake porn. And so then I, I thought that was fucking pretty interesting. And then, by osmosis, <laughs> there are Mormon porn movies. Now, I don't know if these people are actually Mormons in the movies, the clips. But the basis of it is is the the weird almost it's almost like a um, you know how they wear like the 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 um, the sacred or special underwear and the guy can have maybe different wives 
and the men are the women are submissive to the men it's the, the whole gist of the mormon and these people in these movies do not look like uh like regular porn actresses they just look like somebody that would be like working at a fucking walmart or a store so i'm like are these really fucking mormons <laughs> so anyway but the dude is usually um it's like the head of the household and he's very um almost like a cult leader which i guess some of that stuff you know all religion in my mind is is like that to a certain degree but when you get into these ones that are um they have so many wives and and you know they're they'll have a wife that's 50 and then they'll have you know two or three wives that are like 16 or 18 it's kind of like that and they're submissive to the guy and he tells them but it's like you know i saw you um oh, what would a fucking good mormon thing do where they would you know they could just tell some girl you know um i know that you were listening to that demon devil music or something like that now come over here and i'm gonna fuck you up the ass for punishment so anyway it's pretty good <laughs> other than that i got some read some comic books i read some all new um guardians of the galaxy is really good that one has been um consistently good um, I need to get uh, the last couple issues of Suicide Squad, which I have enjoyed. Uh, I keep forgetting, and I want to keep up with that one. Uh, that one, I think Detective Comics, Action Comics, I believe, as far as the um, DC goes, I also liked um, um, just Batman and Superman, and then also Action and Detective and Suicide Squad. The other ones, there's some of them that aren't too bad. I've, I've been kind of disappointed and I haven't kept up with Justice League. I wanted to because Lobo's in it, but the 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 few that I read, I really just I didn't think they were very good. Uh, I guess it's one of those things where if you keep keep with it, you know, maybe the worm will turn and it'll start. You know, they'll get into something really good. Uh, I have been watching or reading. Um, uh, Secret Empire, the Marvel crossover uh, for this summer. Uh, if you guys want to, there are on YouTube. Just put in the search "digital comics." This guy has a um, YouTube store or whatever page, and he posts digital comics. And he has posted uh, up till up to date now. All the digital Secret Empire, and I haven't looked, but there's that's why I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I need to get this and I need to get it. Well, fuck, I'll just get on there and and find it. Um, the only, it's all free, of course. Uh, the only bad thing is, is you know, when you have a digital comic, you can flip the pages on your tablet or whatever um, with your finger. Um, it just runs like a regular YouTube video clip, so the pages flip when he flips them. So, it, like, uh, a, a one of those Secret Empires, it'll say, like, the time on it's, like, 45 minutes. Well, you know, if you were reading it, you know, by hand or on, on a tablet where you could flip the pages, there's pages that might have, you know, just a couple of lines of dialogue, but it'll sit on that page for, you know, longer than it should. It's not uh, super annoying. It's just that, you know, you know you could speed through them a lot faster. You get you get impatient and you're... Uh, but now, that one, the Secret Empire... 
I don't know if I'm digging it or not. I'll be I'll be honest with you. It's rating really well. The only thing that I don't like is I'm tired of these events where you know when the event is over. Yeah, there's going to be some things that change, but for the most part, it's like one of those things like when Cullen Gath uh, fucking put the spell on Manhattan, so everything inside Manhattan was like back in Sumerian times and all the heroes, nobody nobody could uh, 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 understand, like Spider-Man was the only one that spoke English, and he couldn't understand anybody because they were all speaking like Sumerian, and, and they had crucified him and all this shit. But then once it's over, and that wasn't even, that was not even a big, I don't think that was a big crossover event. But what I'm saying is, it's just like Secret Wars, it's like some of these other ones. Uh, once it's over, everything just goes back to, if they use like with a cosmic cube or some kind of magic or something like that they or or a time time uh travel thing or something um once it's over all they do is figure out okay well you know we'll figure out a way to fix it they fix it everything for the most part goes back to normal you know nobody ever stays dead uh, now with this last big shakeup, and I know DC has done like a couple of these big shakeups where they they want to get rid of all the different timelines and consolidate everything and blah 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 blah. And Marvel just did that with Secret Wars, um, but you still you start seeing all the stuff that they were trying to do away with come back. Like you've got all these Spider-Man and Spider-Gwen and Spider-Woman and Superior Spider-Man. And then you've got, uh, you know, they said they wanted to have a new Captain America. So they had Sam Wilson, who was Falcon, become Captain America. But then they bring Steve Rogers back anyway. And, you know, um, it just gets to be old. That's why, like, when I I was talking about when I was reading, uh, I'm on the last book, I think, of uh, uh, The Massive. It's not really a superhero book. It's more just, um, you know, humans, and there's this, you know, these big events going on uh, as far as um, cataclysmic uh, natural disasters and stuff like that. And it's almost refreshing. But then again, I will say this I have read some other superhero books from other companies that take a new and different and fresh perspective like uh, BPRD from Dark Horse a lot of the Dark Horse stuff which is a lot of it's a lot more metaphysical at least the stuff that I have seen um, a lot of uh, spiritual a lot of ghosts and demons and things like that um, and like kind of a mixture sometimes of horror and um um, action, um, but and but I shouldn't say it because there are some Marvel. Marvel is what it is, and that's what it's supposed to be. It's superheroes. It's but then they get away from it and they start. It's always heroes versus heroes. You know, when I was growing up, you always thought, I wonder what would happen if the Avengers fought the Fantastic Four, or if Cap fought. Iron Man, or if um, who else, uh, the X-Men went up against the Avengers, or whoever. Now it seems like that's all they want to do. They want to find a way to um, have the heroes, because maybe they're doing a social commentary. It's like Republicans against Democrats, or it's whatever. Um, or 
you know, Black Lives Matter versus the Ku Klux Klan, which they're not, Ku Klux Klan never have been, would ever be considered heroes. Well, I guess they were back in the fucking old shithead days when they were trying to protect Dixie, you know. Oh, wish I was in Dixie, away, away. In Dixieland, I'll make my stand to live and die in Dixie. Oh, it's like I, I, I was telling my mom when we went to see the Elvis impersonator and he started doing the American Trilogy. And, you know, the one part of that is he starts singing Dixie and it's, you know, uh, Oh, I wish I was in the land of cotton. Old times, they are not forgotten. Look away, look away, look away, Dixieland. And I told my mom, I said, you know, that's a really fucking racist song. And she goes, no, it isn't. (laughs) And I'm like, Mom, it's probably some asshole Colonel Sanders-looking fucking guy sitting on the porch, like James Mason in fucking Mandingo, with his feet on some little African-American child because they was told that the the rheumatism would go out of his feet into the kid while uh, the, um, the, 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 the field guys are out there whipping the the slaves making them work like 14 hours a day seven days a week and they're sitting there going man this is great you know i wish i was in dixie the land of cotton and that's another thing somebody brought up one day they said you know how um these white people want to stereotype african-american people as being lazy and shiftless but then when you look back on it, those white motherfuckers were the ones that sat on the fucking porch while they had slaves that they forced to work hard labor, or any labor, every day from daylight till dark, seven days a week, while they sat there on their lazy, fat fucking asses. You know, it's just it's it's hilarious. But anyway, you know, there's just a lot of that crap creeping up again. They're taking down the... Uh, the Confederate um, memorials and statues and all this shit. And I saw the KKK was out protesting and about a thousand fucking other people showed up. There was like about 20 KKK and about 1,200 or 2,000 or something like that. Uh, people showed up and were like saying, you know, get the fuck out of here, you pieces of shit. Go back under your rock. Um, I know I'm very... Um, childish but anytime i see a kkk thing or something like that on facebook i have to uh, put the quote the kkk took my baby away i figure somebody will get the little inside joke but anyway people i'm glad that you're sticking with us i recommend these um food should taste good brand sweet potato tortilla chips um only the good stuff they're gluten-free they have zero trans fat and no artificial flavors or preservatives, and they use sea salt baked in baked in sweet potatoes and sea salt, or and seasoned with sea salt. So they're pretty good. No GMO uh, project verified. Uh, and you can go to nogmoproject.org if you want to look up stuff. I guess that you can eat. That's about all I have to say. Uh, check out some of the groups. The feedback group is always fun. Uh, we we you know we keep that limited to just uh, I think there's about 89 maybe 90 but it's all people that we all kind of from our from our sphere of friends uh, you know I just keep it close I mean I know some of some of the groups are are more open to adding people that one 
Um, I don't know. I just like kind of, it's more or less uh, people that I know that I have either met or that I talk to all the time. And, you know, us kind of like our our little group and and we talk about um, if we've had something like those chips that I just talked about, you know, post that, you know, and that you like them, hey, somebody else give them a try. Uh, Try and ask some uh, interesting questions, you know, uh, try and even some of them are just simple questions, but just trying to get some feedback, uh, thought provoking stuff. Try, I try and stay away from, uh, movies or music or sex <laughs> or religion or politics. So we just keep it a lot with, you know, what kind of car, you know, do you recommend? Or, you know, right now I posted something which was, um, have you ever, um, you know, like hated one of your sib, one of your, your brother or sister's significant others or even like your mom uh, uh stepdad or somebody that you're 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 one of your uh single parents is dating how about even one of your you know if you're older you know one of your kids yeah uh stuff like that do you like what kind of fudge do you like how many times do you eat pizza it's it, it, it seems like it might be kind of a you know a little bit I don't know. I shouldn't say stupid because I like it. And and we we do get a lot of feedback on that's one of the groups that, you know, people really participate. And like I said, um, when my back was out, you know, trying to find like, hey, what do you do? If you've you ever had this problem, I got this uh, inversion table thing I recommend it or, you know. Uh, stub my toe, or, you know, I've got my, my elbow starts to hurt. What do you think it might be? Just anything. It's a fun group. Uh, comic book group is always is always really good. I try and post all the stuff I, I read on there as soon as I read it uh, to try and say, hey, man, check this out, or this is a piece of crap. Uh, and then, you know, lo- uh, I like posting cosplay stuff on there, men and women, you know. I love uh, some of the costumes people come up with, some of them that are horrible but are funny and fun. It's some of them that are hot. And uh, um, the sports group, you know, like I said, that's kind of a handful of us. Uh, been posting some uh, uh, boxing. Like for me, I mostly am posting on there. Hockey season is just loaded with hockey with me and Coop uh, <laughs> and our hockey stuff. Um, I started watching a lot of uh, old boxing. And, and my friend and I actually were watching some new boxing uh uh, Manny Pacquiao, when he got beat the other day by the guy in Australia, it was on TV. Uh, I used to watch a lot of boxing. I used to box. I used to train and box, and I used to, you know, do all the stuff in the gym and spar and stuff like that. But I, I just got. I even have boxing old boxing eight by tens on my wall down in my basement, and uh, they're covered in dust. I just got out of it. Um, uh, of course, the wrestling group, just a lot of wrestling from every perspective. You got the guys that. Uh, you know, or watching all the new Japan stuff and really following a lot of that, a lot of that stuff and a lot of the indie stuff in America and in Japan. Um, uh, there's a couple of us on there. Some of us old school geezers on there that love the posting and talking about the, the old, uh, guys all the way back to fucking, uh, uh, Frank Gotch and George Hackenschmidt to, to the days of, um, Strangler Lewis and, um, uh, Stanislaus Zabisco, Ray Steele, Joe Stecker, and all those guys up to the '60s. Uh, all my shit that I watched, in, uh, you know, from Detroit uh, with the Sheik and the Funks and Abdul the Butcher, Mark Lewin, and all those guys. And then we get into uh, the Georgia Championship Wrestling, the Mid Atlantic, the Mid South, uh, Texas, um, 
Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth, uh, and San Antonio, and all that stuff. L.A. with Fred Blassie and John Tolis. Uh, San Francisco with Roy Shire uh, up in Canada, you know, you had the the uh, all that stuff up there, and I mean it's huge because you had on the on the fucking West Coast, you had Calgary and Vancouver and Gene Kaniski and uh, Al Tomko and all that crap, and then come over to the French part with the Rougeaus, Johnny Rougeau and uh, uh, Jacques Rougeau Senior uh, with Grand Prix Mad Dog Vachon. Uh, uh, Joe LaDuke, uh, Don Leo Jonathan, all those guys, and then all the way over to the Maritimes. Um, and and in between, Toronto, you know, and, and Mexico, and the Lucha Libre, and, and a lot of the crazy shit from, like, Argentina with fucking uh, mummies and, and, and <laughs> mummies and robots and shit wrestling in the ring. And my cousin, or my cousin, my nephew um, uh, came up and we watched um, a whole bunch of Lucha uh, Underground, which is now on uh, Netflix. So, and that's really, that's just fun because it's a, it's more of a TV show. It has all the wrestling and the in-ring stuff, but it's also a TV show and it has metaphysical stuff. And like, you know, the one guy, they have this, uh, this fucking like rock. It's almost like the soul gem in Marvel comics that that brings this, he's almost like a, a monster guy. They bring him back to life and it's got some very attractive ladies. And if you're a woman, they got some good-looking dudes in there. Most of them are wearing masks and stuff, but man, God, you know, some of those guys have, like, the washboard abs and Johnny Mundo's out there, and Mike, uh, and he, he is going to be in a movie here. Uh, it's I think it's already out, but it went it's straight to uh, DVD. I can't remember what it's called, though, where he plays a bounty hunter, and it's kind of tongue-in-cheeky uh, uh, kind of a thing where he's doing this really just crazy parkour and uh, martial arts and wrestling moves and things like that, and he's, he's uh, kind of like a dog the bounty hunter but like uh mixed with bon jovi and uh i don't know some i mean he he is a hell of an athlete and that was really that's a really fun some fun shit to watch uh lucha underground with terio cuarto who is the villain promoter and he's he's they went out um that is actually uh created uh produced by robert rodriguez uh the uh movie director so that's a little tie in there and they've had like uh i remember in the first season denny treo was in the uh in the in the uh ringside seats and everything so it's kind of cool uh i i want to get back into that and start watching it i i watched about half of the first season and then again like i said like uh like a lot of series i just uh the 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 strain i watched the first two first two seasons of that uh pretty religiously and then i watched i think the first episode of the third and i just forgot about it and some people have been posting about the strain here recently and and uh that's the the uh, on the gg mtv uh yeah gg mtv group is all the gentleman's guide uh stuff about tv i'm trying to think of some of the other of course gentleman's guide to midnight cinema uh you have the feminine critique um yeah, like I said, the wrestling group, the sports group, the feedback group, uh, Feed My Ears is a great music group. Uh, I mean, my God, that thing has like a shitload of people. People that I don't even know, that I've never talked to, but still, every day we all, you know, if you're listening to something uh, on the radio or or watching a video or listening to some music on YouTube, you know, get on there, feed my ears, and just post what you're listening to. They get some discussions going on there uh, uh, about music, and uh, you can 
you know, I'm a little bit stuck in a time warp because once you reach a certain age, it seems like you you don't listen to as I, I listen to a lot of talk radio uh, in the in the car, whether it's a podcast or uh, NHL uh, network on Sirius, uh, Howard Stern, some political stuff. There's some comedy stuff and stuff like that. I do, you know, have some. Um, channels that I listen to with music, but it's mostly my music from my era and stuff I grew up on. Uh, but if you want to go to a group that has a, uh, a, like I said, like the wrestling group, it's just a great diversity. You have young guys and girls on there that are posting stuff that is brand new and just cutting edge and then you have like i said like old farts like me on there and i'm posting stuff from you know country country western uh uh jazz or not jazz as much but like blues um and uh classic rock and stuff like that um and it's just a fun group and uh, they had a they had a little bit of a throwdown about the beatles and i missed the whole fucking thing because i don't know i assume uh, i have some friends that you know i grew up on the beatles and and I grew up on uh, like how important they were at that time and right after when they broke up and even the aftermath of when they split up and all that stuff. And I mean, it was like uh, like uh, so important, their, their music and so trendsetting and, and uh, it spoke to an entire generation like not a lot of other groups ever have. And they changed music, uh, and I know people come around and say, "Well, you know, the British invasion. There were a lot of a lot of British groups that came over that changed music, and da da da." But if you grew up in the '60s, if you experienced the '60s or the early '70s, or even you know the mid '70s, um, it was just. Th- something to behold and it was something really special but then i've even had this discussion at work with a a friend of mine that's a younger guy and he's like yeah the beatles weren't their music side they weren't that great they were overrated blah 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 yada yada and you're entitled to your opinion he's coming from it from a perspective of just listening to the music and judging it for what it is maybe a little bit of uh pushback because of hearing people say, oh, you know, John Lennon, Paul McCartney, the Beatles, and, you know, all oh, they were so great and everything. And it's kind of like, ah, you know, whatever. They're, you know, they turn, they, maybe they uh, uh, see it as uh, like an old person's thing or a um, a um, selling out kind of a thing or, you know, oh, you you guys act like they're so great. And they're not. I've heard the same thing about Elvis. I've heard the same thing, you know, about whoever. They, you know, anybody that you can think of. Uh, once they reach a certain amount of success, there's going to be people that have a certain amount of blowback. But then again, like I said, it's all subjective. If you listen to it and you don't dig it, you know, that's fine. And even when I was a kid, there was stuff that I listened to. And at first listen, like my sister and my cousin who were older might like something. I was like, oh, man, I don't like that shit. I like this. I don't like that. But then a couple of years later, I start listening to some stuff and I'm like, Man, that's fucking good, man. I, and then I, I, it just took me time. I was at a different part of my life or whatever, and it took me time. And that's that maybe even like the same thing with hip hop. You know, where at first I was like, ah, oh, I don't listen to that. You know, they're sampling, they're stealing, and everything uh, from other people. And then as I got more exposed to it through 
movies and wrestling where they would play hip-hop stuff coming to the ring and just all kinds of stuff like that it started seeping in you know it just started seeping in so you know i can understand i try and keep an open mind about anything i mean my god i'm fucking there's some shit that i listen to that you know people are like oh man that sucks or whatever and i'm like hey man you know i, I don't know i thought it was pretty good that's like disco you know there's a lot of people who are like disco sucks fuck disco you know greg Allman's like they don't even fucking they're playing on some goddamn synthesizer they're doing it all with the, you know they're not playing them instrument and then um uh, the punk thing came in, and they're like, "Fuck that!" But I'm mean, like, "Man, I like that shit. I listened to it then. I listen to it now." And what's funny is, if you watch the Kingsman, uh, uh, Kingsman, the Secret Service, and you're sitting there listening to this music, and you're seeing people that are like, nine, eighteen, nineteen years old, maybe younger or whatever, that like that movie, and they're listening to this music, and they're like, "God damn, man, that's good, fucking oh, you know." And it's Casey and the Sunshine Band, and that's what one of my friends he goes. What the fuck is that? He goes, I know I've heard that before. This is that's fucking me. That song's great. I'm like, it's Casey and the Sunshine fucking band. But like I said, you kind of you even a person they go through with movies the same way. You you might see something. I mean, one of these days I might watch Paris, Texas again and think, God damn man, what was I thinking? That was fucking awesome. But not not anytime soon. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and get off here. I sound like I'm talking on the fucking phone. Um, like, well, anyway, I'll let you go. i got to get off here and uh, do some stuff. So, uh, hey, uh, if you, you know, take it easy and, uh, you know, hey, give us a shout out. Um, check us out on the Silver and Gold group. And uh, like I said, some of the movies that I've talked about, um, you know, if you get a chance to watch them, they're free on Netflix. If you get a chance to watch any of them, let us know what you think. Um, and... Also, what was I going to say about the group? Hmm, I can't remember now. But let's see some big boobies on there and let's have some fun. And let's enjoy and be friends. And let's all try and be better than we were the day before. Because if you're like a real shithead, just kind of step it down a little bit lessen the shithead if you're kind of cool turn it up a little bit more turn up the cool knob the knob watch some Mormon porn find Mormon porn let me know what you think about that and um, lactating milking moo cow porn and that doesn't involve animals that's human females uh I won't say anymore. <laughs> Move. <laughs> this is Dr. Zomb calling from the Peachtree State of Georgia saying Zomb. Oot. <laughs>